Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. We've gotten Naughty Walker the last couple days. Yesterday, about Mac and Bone catching strange and now we're talking about <laughs> yeah that was blowing smoke that, yeah uh, what's gotten I, I, into you my man i'm surprised nobody called me on that more so we had i think chris write in on the text slide and said hey is walker helping with tips on how to catch that i was like no i am definitely not and uh, i don't know why that hit me the way it did but i've messed up a couple times that one was one of the one of the more entertaining all right the first sound by trey wingo the former host of nfl live on espn he joined the guys in the morning the Mac and Bone Show to tell us why Bill Belichick would be the wrong choice for the Carolina Panthers. Bill Belichick is going to be go down as one of the greatest coaches of all time. There's, there's no way around that. But the numbers are what the numbers are. You go look at his splits. And I, I can't even find it for you right here as I'm talking to you because that would be really fascinating and make me a really smart guy. <laughs> That'd be um, awesome. <laughs> you go look at the numbers, okay? Here they are. This is this is just his time in, in this is just his time in New England, not even Cleveland. With Brady, his record was two nineteen and sixty six. That's a seventy six point three winning percentage. Without Brady, he's forty five and fifty one, under five hundred. In the playoffs with Brady, thirty and eleven, seventy three percent winning percentage. Without Brady, zero and one, losing by thirty points in the wild card round. Of the <sighs> Points per game with Brady, 27, tw- basically 28. A touchdown less without Tom Brady. They just completed a three-game sweep where they held three opponents to 10 points or less, and they didn't win a single game. That's crazy. You know how hard that is? Yeah. <laughs> you know how hard that is to do? I think they're the first team since the early 60s to hold opponents to three three games to 10 points or less and not win one of them. Hell, man. That's, that's almost mathematically impossible. Um, you know, Trey, you brought a lot of great data to the table. Um, uh, easy to see why you got fired at the ESPN. No, never mind. Guys, he brings a lot of data, makes a lot of great points. Walker, you're, you're a Panther fan. How do you rationalize Bill Belichick being the wrong choice to coach your NFL team? Oh, I rationalize it because we can just do a what have you done for me lately scenario. He's the GOAT, though. How, how in the... The David Tepper era of the Panthers. Yeah. Do you say no to the greatest head coach we've ever I seen? I ain't putting GOAT status on Belichick no more. I'm sorry. I used to, but not anymore. Oh. I can't do it. The Go numbers ahead. right there speak for themselves. See, yeah, I don't agree. I, I think mean, he's the greatest. You can say what you want, but without Brady, he won Jack, and they've been terrible. And he hasn't been able to evaluate talent. He hasn't been able to put together another winning team. That's the mark of a great coach, man. You look at what... Uh, you know, the great organizations that have been able to win multiple Super Bowls in this league. Yeah. They've been able to do it with, um, you know, coaches, head coaches have been able to do it with different quarterbacks, different teams. See, that's – and I'm glad you brought that up because mm-hmm. is it – it's the one QB that's tripping us up. It feels like if he did it with another great QB, then we wouldn't have any issue. Yeah, no, I mean, but look at – But, well, I'm just saying, right, we can go to Bill Walsh, who did it with Joe Montana. Mm-hmm. And Steve Young. Mm-hmm. We can go to Dallas, 
who had Troy Aikman and whoever the hell else with Jimmy Johnson being there. But Rose I guess Troy at one auto ring. Well, with with right, and so we can go to Pittsburgh, who had Terry Bradshaw that won the four Super Bowls, and then you have Mike Tomlin. When we go with goat statuses as far as coaches go, they have one great QB. It's pretty common, or like I guess two or three. Yeah. But they're also phenomenal, like Hall of Fame level QBs. Right, but these, but these organizations and more, most of these instances drafted these guys and identified these that, guys. Like I said, with Bill oh, Walsh, Montana was a third round pick. But I'm saying you even look at like the Steelers, Cowher won. Well, and Brady was the, sixth. Yeah, Cowher went to the Super Bowl with uh, Neil O'Donnell. Then he went with Big Ben. Then you talk about how no, no, Big Ben was Tomlin, was he? Cowher once, Tomlin once. Okay. As far as winning. But I'm saying you look at even in the current era, Andy Reid. He's gone to multiple NFC championships with Donovan McNabb, like went on a consistent basis with the Eagles. Then he went to the Chiefs. Yeah, they got Patrick Mahomes, but nobody thought Patrick Mahomes was going to be Patrick Mahomes coming out of that draft. And he's won Super Bowls with him and won consistently. That's the thing. Belichick doesn't even win without Brady. They get to the playoffs once without him. So you just said, though, nobody thought Pat Mahomes was going to be Pat Mahomes, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Who thought that about Brady? Nobody thought that about Brady. No, but I'm still saying that once Brady, well, they didn't even at first because they yeah. had Bledsoe. But I'm saying without Brady, there's been no success. Like, there's been one playoff trip, and they got rocked. Other than that, they've been among the worst teams in the league. That's the big indictment is that he hasn't even been able to win without Brady. Well, and the fair criticism about Bill Belichick is that he's a bad GM. And that's what we've seen. So I'm in this weird area where I'm defending Belichick being the GOAT, but I'm not defending wanting him here to be with Carolina. He's poor staff uh, decisions as well. That's 100% true. No doubt. And if you wanted to evaluate that, I would totally agree. I just think that we overlook how dominant they've been defensively ever since Bill Belichick has been there. Yeah, and they're still good now. Well, because you talk about the numbers speaking for themselves. Yeah. And they... It's actually crazy. Yeah, like, they've been good but, since Brady on defense, and it hasn't gotten them anything. Well, yeah. I, I'm i confused about how that affects, though, right? Because you've had awful quarterback You can play. be a great coordinator all you want, but you haven't won anything. You don't win. You don't win without Brady. You don't even get to the playoffs without Brady. I'm not even talking about Super Bowls. Yeah. You don't win anything without Brady. Like, that's an indictment to me on him as a coach. Like, yeah, he's a good coach, but you lucked up. Got the greatest quarterback of all time to come in. Yes, you added your defensive expertise to that, which played hand-in-hand with him. Mm -hmm. But it was that offense and what Brady was able to do that got you those championships for the most part. Like the game plan against the Rams, it was masterful. It was great. Brady still takes you down and gets the field goal, does all those things. But my thing is that he's barely having winning, respectable seasons since Brady has gone. I could see if you win in nine, ten games regularly, losing in the first round. Well, and they That's did cool. with Matt Castle win ten games, and they did, I think, the first year with Matt, uh, Matt Jones. They had like Jones. ten, I think, ten yeah, wins. Yeah, they got that was the year they, get, they got rocked in the first playoff game, and that's yeah. the only appearance he's had since Brady's I, been gone. Right, I, I just think if you have like an average quarterback, which if you wanted to say that was Bill Belichick, the GM's fault, yeah, I'm not going to disagree with that. He's yeah. been a pretty bad GM, but I think if we go to all the coaches that are supposed to be in his tier, it's going to be hard to find any of them with success not having a Pro Bowl Hall of Fame quarterback. And Bill Belichick, look, and you're not going to move on from Brady if he's going to be there 20 years. (laughs) I mean, they come in hand in hand, so their timeline just so happens to coincide where, and plus they were were successful with Drew Bledsoe that year too. 
Like, and then Tom Brady comes in, and then they go to the Super Bowl because Brady is the GOAT. But I, Bill Belichick, people are overlooking what he did for that team, too. I mean, he's up there. He's a phenomenal coach, Hall of Fame coach. Don't let me take that away from him, but I can't call him the greatest anymore. All that to say, I don't want him <laughs> after I just <laughs> defended that because I do think that he's going to want control over personnel, and I don't want him to have that. And even if we think that you need to have this kind of personality in order to step up to David Tepper, I like that's that's one thing I think that is such a misconception. If Tepper lets Bill Belichick do his thing, okay, I don't want Belichick doing his thing drafting, though. Yeah. And if that's a part of the package, then no thank you. I've missed out on enough drafts in my Panthers' life for the last six years. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. And we know how much Fiddy hates when his airtime is cut. So we don't want to upset the tyrant back there behind the board. <laughs> so let's finish off the live wire. What else you got, Fiddy? Well, guys, I mean, I don't think y'all know how much I labored over pulling this audio this morning. I got here at 6 a.m. to get the sound bites I wanted to play. Did you really? Including, I, that sounds like massive cap. And including the next one from Bash Tight Heard, who joined us at 1245. But I was here at 6 a.m. Yeah, no, you were anticipating it. You were ready. You had your finger over the mouse, ready to cut that up, and I appreciate it. Um, she joined us back in the 12 o'clock hour. She talked about how this offseason, it's really important for the Panthers to avoid NFL purgatory. It's just a comedy of errors right now, and... I don't know how they dig themselves out of it. I think that we've been saying it every year, but this literally is the most pivotal pivotal offseason that we're going to be heading into for the Carolina Panthers because what you don't want to do is fall into the likes of uh, a Cleveland or, or Jets where you're in uh, constant purgatory. It's a comedy of errors. I don't see how they get out of it. Walker, between the Panthers and the Hornets, the two local teams here that you love the most, is this offseason the most pivotal between the two franchises in your lifetime as a fan or radio guy? I feel like we've said this a lot, though. We definitely banged on that during the Panthers' last offseason. Oh, we've said this about the Hornets a lot. Oh, this is a huge offseason. You know, I've kind of just resigned to the fact that every offseason is huge. <laughs> every single one of them. I don't know how, if we're going to rank them, we've done a lot of rank radio today. That's got to be exhausting. I don't know if we're going to go tiers or whatever. What I'll tell you is who am I more worried about as far as what they could possibly do in the future? I'm more worried about the Panthers right now. Because you have new ownership with the Hornets. Maybe we just don't have enough information on new ownership. That's fair. But we have some information on David Tepper since he purchased the team in 2018. And we know that guy can't get out of the way. And if he's not going to go anywhere, 
and he's going to be as controlling as he is. We haven't heard, like, I don't know about Michael Jordan going to Steve Clifford and telling him what defenses to run. I mean, I don't know how many reports were out there about it. And Michael's not even the owner anymore, right? So he's not majority owner. You have Rick Schnall and Gabe Plotkin. I really think they're just going to be a paycheck. Rick Schnall likes bas- basketball. So, I, you know, he's going to hang out and maybe shoot some hoops at the guys. He's already done that. But he also comes from a different organization with the Atlanta Hawks. And at least we've seen them reach the Eastern Conference Finals. Who am I more worried about? I'm not saying, oh, the Hornets are really on the up and up, guys. Trust me. I talk enough about the Hornets. I can tell you I do not believe that right now. What I can tell you is that if I'm more worried about one franchise or the other, I'm pointing right over there to Minton Moorhead and looking at Bank of America Stadium because the owner can't get out of the way. And I'm right with you lock and step. I'm more worried about the Panthers at this point because there's so much they have to do on and off the field. When you talk about now having to go back, having a new head coach coming in, what's the new staff going to look like and all of the different building blocks that you're going to now need to find that you've discovered this season is not working for you. And so uh, there's a whole lot of work to be done here. Whereas the Hornets, there's still work to be done. They need to change their culture around as well. And as we said, maybe add a little grit, maybe a little want to on the defensive end, things that we've been longing for them to be able to do for quite some time. But with the Panthers, there's just so much going on from the top down. Speaking of the Hornets, guys, they're back in action tonight at home against the Bulls. And yesterday, Terrence Oglesby, he he joined the show to talk about why the team is struggling so much on the defensive end of the floor. That's such a loaded question. You're you're dealing with a a young five-man. Your backup five is young. So Mark Williams and Nick Richards are both young guys. You've got a guy in Brandon Miller who doesn't know how to play defense inside of 12 feet. He just doesn't know how. Like, if he's guarding out on the perimeter at the three-point line and guarding guards that aren't going to put their back to him, he's awesome defensively. Awesome. When guys post him up, it's pretty brutal. And you don't – it's not that he's not trying. It's that he simply doesn't know what to do. Guys, we got into this the other day. Second half of the NBA season last year, this was the best defensive-rated team in the NBA. You bring back generally the same core. You you add Brandon Miller, who Oglesby didn't have the highest opinion of as a defensive player. Well, at least in the post, yeah. because he was saying on the perimeter he liked. You it. know, you add Miles Bridges back to the fold, and this isn't the defensive team we saw at the end of last season. Do you believe that they can turn it around like they did last year, or this team being good defensively under Steve Clifford, just a lost cause? Yeah, I think second half of last year, it's really tough to try to capture that again. Things were so different, but it also doesn't make sense with the roster that they had out there. You didn't have LaMelo. He only played 36 games. Kelly Oubre only played 48 games, did play down the stretch, and was a part of some of those teams, but also missed quite a bit. PJ was the one that played the most games, the Ironman of the group at 73, just because nobody else could stay out there on the floor. Jalen was even gone to at the trade deadline. It really doesn't make much sense. The only one that would be different is having Dennis Smith Jr., and I think that does matter a lot. So when you have somebody that was putting up as good advanced stats defensively as any other guard in the league to have that with Mark Williams, a change in your defensive identity at the center position. I think the newness of that, just how fresh it was to have somebody like Mark Williams outside of Mason Plumlee, who also didn't do so bad defensively last year, but Mark Williams and Dennis Smith jr. I think those two guys really helping you out with effort on the other positions, PJ too, playing so many games, that's going to help. 
but now you have so many different bodies. You're talking about more offensive-centric players. That's why they're able to score 115 to 120 West and still lose games because they're giving up almost 130. Yeah, it's like, do I think that this team's going to do it? Right now, my faith is definitely not in them doing so because I haven't seen them do it for the last couple of years. It's been the same ask of these Hornets for the last couple of seasons, and we've yet to see it. We see it in spurts. And it's like if these guys understand how good they can be if they choose to play defense, if they choose to be physical, uh, like Coach Clifford is asking, what the results can be. And they pick and choose the nights when they want to do that. And I think that's something that either is going to be developed in the mentality of your team at its core or it's not. And so I don't see it with these teams, so I don't have any faith as far as them uh, being able to turn into the defensive team and the physical bunch that Coach Clifford wants. Do you got any more sound bites of the leftover live wire bit? I have two more. If you're willing to give me two more sound bites, we're to willing. Play. We're willing to. Okay. Good. I was there. gonna have a different answer, but I guess we'll just go with West. Well, West has to give into the tyrant that Fiddy is. Um, the next sound bite, gonna go to Tim Brando. He joined Charlotte Sports Today with the boss man Jeff Rickard on Monday after the college football playoff fallout of Florida State being left out, and he said that the playoff needs to have another TV power involved okay. in in how they set the field this is further proof again why we need a second carrier in the postseason and i'm going to go ahead and say it we got to have more than one network in control of college football's postseason narrative and uh, if that means i'm touting the company i work for i don't give a damn so be it call me whatever you want to call me okay <laughs> but this was a direct indication of basically you know championing the cause of the one that pays you the most money and can make you the most money. And that's what this was about. It was about money, power, greed, and forget the fact that that team in Tallahassee went 13-0. and Wes, you're a college football junkie aficionado, if you will. Do you buy into the conspiracy theories around the playoff? And do you think Fox coming to the forefront of, of being involved in the playoff would – I guess, help alleviate certain teams being left out of the playoff field. I mean, right now with what we've seen from these teams, is it good for business to have Alabama and the SEC in the college football playoffs? Of course it is. Nobody's stupid. We know that this is the case. But at the same time, people still act like, and I know that Alabama has a loss, and it was early in the year to Texas, but let's not act like down the stretch what they've been doing. I know about the miracle against Auburn, but again, I just chalk that up as a rivalry game and things like that happen, and it's going to go down like that sometime. But let's not act like they just didn't beat the Georgia Bulldogs, the team that looked like a juggernaut uh, for the last 29 games, give or take a few that they might have had some close calls, but this was the juggernaut of college football, and they took them down. Then you also had to put in the team – that beat them as well, the Texas Longhorns. I'm sorry again, but Florida State, it is offense-defense bias. Nobody wanted to see that offense go up against Michigan in this football game. Tate Rodemaker, if he came back from his concussion, in my estimation, this offense still was not going to be good enough. That was a bad Florida team that is missing a bowl this season. Florida State barely got out of there alive. Yes, their defense came together and had a masterful masterful performance against Louisville. But the offense was not 
playoff worthy. And so I think that the four teams that we have been is the best possible four. And I'm going to ride with that. But everybody else saying this stuff about suing them and getting the governor and, and, and FSU not <laughs> playing the bowl game. As I've said over and over again, I've been watching college football three plus decades. There have been so many instances where teams were saying, why not us? It's happened over the course of time and it's not going to stop once we get the 12 team playoff. So there's two things. One, I did not expect Tim Brando to flirt with a Lil' Kim hook from the locks. Money, power, greed. I thought he was going to go full Lil' Kim. I thought he was going to say they care about three things. Money, power, respect. I was like, yeah, bars, Tim. Bars. Go with it. But he went with greed, and so we did not get the Lil' Kim reference. The second thing I want to go to, is he really acting like CBS wouldn't do the same thing? Well, he works for Fox. For Fox, is he acting like Fox wouldn't do the same that, thing? That's the thing because Fox guess what? who guess who they're the the home of. Let's hear it. They're the home of the Big Ten. Right. Like Tim used that airtime. We need the CW in the playoff. Yeah. To say that there needs to be another publication or another outlet that airs these games, but if they were in charge, they would put up all of their panelists to tell you as to why Alabama is the one that deserves to be in. So I think with all of the discussion about whether Florida State should be in or whether Alabama should be in, I have never disagreed not once about Alabama and the system being so that it that it makes sure the SEC is still the best conference. I know they're biased. I know they are. Okay, I understand college football, the committee. I understand that they want Alabama in the playoff just like you said that. I understand that even the system helps Alabama, helps Georgia, because now what can happen is Nick Saban can go to these recruits. Maybe there's somebody coming out of Florida or Alabama. Both Florida State and Alabama are going after the five-star prospect, saying, hey, you can go undefeated with the Seminoles. You still ain't making it. You go to the Alabama, you can lose a game, and you still will be competing for a championship, which is what high school athletes want to do. I get that. That is baked in. I've always said I actually think – Comparing the resumes with all of the Louisville being the best non-conference win for SEC, I get all of the arguments. I get it. Me, evaluating each of these teams' resumes, I still think Alabama has the better one. That win against Georgia is huge. It's huge. That's why I thought Alabama should be in. But Tim Brando acting like Fox wouldn't do the same thing as ESPN. You think bringing another outlet to just what the money, power, and greed, respect, whatever Lil' Kim's adapted <laughs> lyrics would be? You don't think they wouldn't want the same thing? Wesley's tripping, man. Oh, not to mention, uh, quick aside, I left this out in the campus corner, but uh, DJU more than likely coming back to the ACC. Uh-oh. And Florida State and Louisville are his two uh, – top choices right now so he could be the quarterback for the nodes next season fsu fan so uh put that in your pipe smoke it fitty okay smoke what on that got? last one all right the last one i <laughs> wanted to play because you know i'm a baseball guy and the mlb uh, winter meetings are going on yesterday dodgers manager dave roberts he uh, addressed the recruitment of shohei otani um it's a good possibility I, I think that um yeah we met with him you know, I don't want to, I'd like to be honest. And so uh, we, we, we met with Shohei and uh, we talked and um, I think it went well. I think it went well. But at the end of the day, uh, he's his own man and he's going to do what's best uh, for himself, uh, where he feels most comfortable. Now, you're probably asking me why I wanted to play that soundbite. The Dodgers are the betting favorite to land the mega superstar. The thing about Shohei Otani is he wanted 
everything that he did in his free agency to be secretive. The exact opposite of when LeBron James and Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade all teamed up and went to Miami. If you follow sports talk, whether it's on you know the radio level or the TV level, a lot of people have said this has been a bad thing for baseball. That Shohei being this personal and this private is a bad thing for the sport, given the player that he is, the talent that he is. That baseball should have almost forced him to make his free agency public, if you will. Do you, do you guys agree with that assessment that baseball is missing a chance to get back in the popular eye by having its best players free agency, which will be historic and record-setting, so private? Yeah, I, I think it would help them a lot if they made more of this because you do see it on the sports shows, but it's not talked about quite as heavily because this is one of the biggest free agents in the history of sports. When you talk about the contract he's going to get, the caliber player that we're talking about, yeah, this should have been much more of a deal than what it is, and it shouldn't be private at all. This should be something huge for baseball. I know I can't wait, and I'm anticipating to see where he signs. Well, and, and it can be secretive, but also be marketed. So just because you don't want anybody to know where you're going doesn't mean that baseball can't take advantage of, hey, everybody pay attention. We have no clue where he's going. In fact, that might even be a marketing strategy. Yep. Come in. We have no clue where he's going, guys. Could be Boston. Could be New York. Could be Toronto. Could be Atlanta. Where will O go? Where will O go? Boom. We just made a slogan within five Let's seconds go, of talking about this. Cut the chat. So with Shohei Otani keeping it secretive, it feels like and I saw the tweet from Buster Olney saying baseball is missing an opportunity. I agree with that, but it's not because Shohei doesn't want to let people know. It's because baseball isn't capitalizing on any marketing whatsoever. Be creative. Be creative. Try to make your league popular again by actually using the element of surprise as a ploy to lift up your sport instead of, oh, he doesn't want anybody to know. We just won't do anything with it then. That's stupid to me. I guess my follow-up question to you, Walker, would be, because I'm with you. If you think he was a Dodger, Yankee, Red Sox that was going into free agency, it, it, it wouldn't be covered that way? Like if he was already with a big market team going into free agency, do you think it'd be more hyped up or because he plays for the Angels and the Angels have done nothing but waste Hall of Fame talent and there's a chance he could go back there, there's just reluctance to give it the type of attention that it, it deserves. All right, you can help me with this, Fiddy, but I actually don't think it would help. The reason I don't think that, it's because it's not like we haven't seen big stars from big markets, markets change teams before. Maybe it's via trade because these teams like the Mookie Betts thing. Boston just didn't want to pay him a crazy amount of money, and so they decided to trade him, despite Mookie being, what, top five player in baseball, MVP, legitimate MVP contender every single year. So if it was a high-market team other than the Angels, I don't know because baseball has not done a good job of marketing anyway, and usually that's just like a blanket piece of analysis that we always use as to why baseball isn't popular. But, man, I, even with whoever is airing the games, whoever is doing it, talk about this. I, and, and maybe they are like, I know we have the baseball tracker for ESPN.com, but it needs to be in my face. The algorithms need to find me on social media. If you care about trying to make sure people know Shohei Otani might be moving and it'll shake some things up.